Thanks, Scott Shannon. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza 40 days? You are the ultimate jury, and the stakes cannot be any higher than they are now. Now, everybody, all of us, we've gone through the 1,285 identified cases of voter fraud. We've gone through some of the, the more recent cases in the last four years. thousand people have been criminally prosecuted, successfully prosecuted. As it relates to voting fraud instances, Harrisburg PA Today statement U.S. attorney uh, uh, freed on the inquiry into reports of potential issues with mail-in ballots. Anyway, the at the request of uh, the, I think it's called Luzerne County District Attorney, Stephanie Salvantis, the office of the U.S. attorney, along with the FBI, Scranton resident office, they began an inquiry into reports in Scranton and the area surrounding of potential issues with a small number of mail-in ballots. And since Monday, FBI personnel working together with the state of Pennsylvania police, conducting numerous interviews, recovering and reviewing certain physical evidence and election officials in the counties have apparently, according to the attorney, U.S. attorney, been cooperative and they've already been able to confirm some military ballots were discarded. Investigators discovered nine of the ballots at this time. Some of the ballots can be attributed to specific voters and some cannot. All nine ballots were cast, oh, for President Donald J. Trump. Our inquiry remains ongoing. They expect later today to, you know, share the up-to-date findings in that county. It is the vital duty of the government to ensure every properly cast vote is counted, which is what anybody want, free and fair elections. You know, I, 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 for the life of me, you know, as we read all of these instances of, you know, people involving themselves in, in fraud, it's, it, 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 you just think, wow, unbelievable. Now, there is a tease from our friends at Project Veritas, and my understanding is that perhaps as early as next Monday, that they may have undercover video dealing with this very topic. Um, we'll let you know more when we do. My sources earlier today, there's going to be a number of breaking developments, one on the General Flynn case in terms of text messages, uh, notes, and, and other things, even more text messages between Strzok and Page, McCabe, and others uh, that reveal even higher levels of corruption as it relates to General Flynn and other matters. Uh, we also are going to get Lindsey Graham is now working on a report as it relates to a new information. The subsource, uh, again, that was, remember, before Comey signed the first FISA application in October 2016, he was warned repeatedly. I, I hear now as maybe even as many as a dozen times. I only know of a few times for sure that we've corroborated, but I'm hearing it's a lot more. That you can't trust Steele, Hillary, it's unverified, and Hillary paid for it, which they never told the FISA court. And that was to spy on then-candidate Trump. Then after the election, during the transition, the spying is still ongoing. Well, then Comey goes to see Trump at Trump Tower, has that private pull-aside meeting. Uh, there's a dossier. It's salacious. It's unverified. The opposite of what he swore to in the FISA warrant back in October. Now, what my understanding, then before, then we get the second warrant, the third warrant, all signed by James Comey. But they knew that the subsource in early January, that subsource of Christopher Steele, well, I think we're going to learn today that that person has ties, deep ties, 
to the Russian government that were known for over a decade is what my sources are now beginning to tell me. We'll have further evidence and proof by the time we get on Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. It is beyond repugnant and reprehensible. And I don't know what the FBI director, Ray, is doing. I really, you know, this is so sad to me. You got the world's premier law enforcement organization. I always say the 99%. I've made that distinction clear for almost four years now on this program. And he is he has barely lifted a finger to get the truth out and to clean up the premier organization and restore its 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 properly earned reputation and integrity against the, the top echelon that abused power and were corrupt. Now, Jim Jordan pressed the FBI director on the Hunter Biden investigation, demanding to know answers yesterday from the from director. Ray, you know, what steps has the bureau taken related to Hunter Biden's business dealings? which we went into great detail on this program yesterday and last night on TV. And Ron Johnson was amazing on television last night. And in terms of explaining the intricacy and the deep dive and and how everybody knew warnings were given, they were ignored at how Joe Biden himself was, was put himself in a compromising position. But it wasn't just Ukraine. It was Kazakhstan. It was Russia. It was China. The amount of money going to nationals and, for example, from Hunter Biden back and forth, the wiring of funds, you know, ending up in the hands and dealing with Russian oligarchs and, and Ukrainian oligarchs. It is breathtaking, an 87 page devastating beatdown and exposure in terms of how compromised Joe Biden can be. 40 days out of an election. What does the mob do? A collective yawn. They ignore. They don't talk about it. And too busy talking about we've got to burn the system down on some of these cable news channels. And then when they're called out on that, the next thing they say, oh, I didn't really mean burn. A, I was taken out of context. And you weren't taken out of context. Let's be honest. That's what you meant. I'm not the person that's going to say fire and and, you know, involve in a boycott. That's what the left does to silence voices. I let everybody here say anything they want. You know, but it's scary what's going on out there. Anyway, Jordan, top uh, Republican House Judiciary Committee, penning a letter to, to Director Ray. We write to ask what investigative steps, if any, the FBI has taken in response to this information. Why is it now 40 days out of the 2020 election and we're just still getting struck and page and, and McCabe notes and, and text messages that are more devastating Apparently also that will shed even more light on the on the early January meeting in the Oval Office. Well, you know, that's the one where Susan Rice did memo to self 15 days later with the day that Trump was being inaugurated. That's the one where Joe Biden apparently mentioned the Logan Act. That was the one where Comey said, yeah, we don't have evidence of Russian collusion anyway. And that's the one where Biden said we want our people. I'm sorry. Obama said we want our people on it. That one where Sally Yates was shocked at the level of knowledge that Obama had in terms of the call with General Flynn and Kislyak? Yeah, I know details. Hannity, how do you keep this straight in your head? I have no idea, because it gets complicated. And yet, this is this is where they put the country. Director Ray, why aren't you doing your job? Hunter Biden's ex-wife confirms a lot of the explosive portions of of the Senate report, Senate claiming unspecified record, Biden, quote, sent funds to non-resident alien women in the U.S. who are citizens of Russia 
and citizens of Ukraine who have subsequently wired funds and have received from Hunter Biden. Individuals located in Russia and Ukraine. I thought Russian interference mattered. I mean, I mean, Don Trump Jr. talked for 10 seconds uh, is supposed to be about Russian adoption. And boy, we spent three years trying to put him in jail. Records show that these transactions are linked to what, again, I'm going back to the report of Ron Johnson, Eastern European prostitution and human trafficking rings. The allegations containing footnotes to a section of the report that details potential criminal concerns and extortion threats involving Hunter Biden and other members of the Biden family and the extensive public reporting concerning Hunter Biden's alleged involvement in these prostitution services. Now, by the way, records on file about the committee do not, you know, directly confirm. This is in the report, though. They confirm that Hunter Biden sent thousands of dollars to individuals that either have been involved in transactions consistent with human trafficking or two, an association with adult entertainment industry or three, potential association with prostitution. Well, anyway, the Daily Mail obtained a copy of Kathleen Biden's divorce filing. And in it, she states Hunter was spending money on drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, and strip clubs. The party's uh, outstanding debts are shocking and overwhelming. And a, a tax debt of at least 313970 bucks, among other owed expenses. And accused Hunter of dissipating hundreds of thousands of dollars of marital funds by spending extravagantly on his own interests. See a pattern here how this all fits in. And by the way, Rand Paul intends to send criminal referrals to Hunter Biden to the Department of Justice. And the financial relationship with Moscow's first lady implicates Hunter Biden in the Russia collusion case. National Review put this out. And that is the Senate report that we refer to, Ron Johnson's report uh, on the Biden family's corruption. That includes glaring examples of the brazen way that Hunter leveraged the family name with Russia's only female billionaire, a woman by the name of Elena uh, uh, Baturnia, the first lady of Moscow, as she's known. And she lost the title in 2010 when her husband was ousted as Moscow's mayor over corruption allegations. Why, by the way, wired Hunter and his business partner, Devin Archer, $3.5 million as part of a consultancy agreement. The Senate probe also found that the, quote, first lady of Moscow, a Putin ally, sent 11 wire transfers between May and December 2015 to a bank account belonging to BAKUSA, a tech startup firm that filed for bankruptcy in March of 2019. Nine of those 11 wire transfers were first sent to Rosemont Seneca Partners. Whoopsie daisy. That would be in the investment firm founded by Hunter uh, uh, Biden and Chris Hines the stepson of former Secretary of State John Kerry before being transferred to BAKUSA. And this first lady of Moscow became Russia's first billionaire after her plastics company received a series of lucrative public contracts with the city of Moscow while her husband was the mayor. And a 2010 cable published by WikiLeaks revealed the context. Uh, context told the U.S. Embassy of Moscow that she definitely has links to the criminal world, particularly some powerful criminal group widely regarded by Russian law enforcement, one of the most powerful organized crime groups in Russia. Oh, why would we pay attention to that? You know, it is it is beyond deflating. It is beyond dangerous. These are perilous times I cannot express to you. With more urgency than I have the ability to communicate, what is at stake here? 
how bad it has gotten. We have entire institutions now that are are powerful forces to destroy any and all things that are anywhere near Donald Trump and to protect this deep state swamp and sewer. Want to know what draining the swamp looks like? That would be Burisma. That would be all things Joe and Hunter. That would be the connections also to Russia and China. Maybe that's why Joe wouldn't criticize China and and went after Trump for being xenophobic and hysterical and a fear monger because he didn't want to upset future business dealings with Hunter. Who knows? Scary times. Democrats threats on the Supreme Court. We're going to get rid of the Electoral College. We're going to stack the court. We can impeach Trump every day of the week. This is what they're saying they're going to do. We'll get rid of the legislative filibuster. You know, we're going to burn it all down, to quote a great CNN fake news anchor. These are frightening times. You don't think you think I'm kidding? I'm not. You know, Neil Bortz once said to me, you know, I used to think you were too serious sometimes. He goes, I don't think that anymore. This is real. Well, Neil, we need you back. I told Neil the other day, get back on the air. He laughed me off. He goes, I got the Bortz bus, Hannity. I'm out of here. So uh, let's see. Bunker Joe leaving the campaign trail. New York Post reporting as of what? 9 a.m. again today. Campaign blasting out an email announcing, yeah, Biden will spend the rest of the day hunkered down like he has pretty much for the whole campaign in his Wilmington, Delaware home where he's been sequestered. Let me tell you what's going on. They are preparing. Joe Biden will memorize five, six points on every debate topic. Joe Biden will memorize and they will they are forcing him to memorize every attack line that he will then deliver during the debate next Tuesday night. He told reporters uh, that, yeah, I've started. I haven't gotten into it heavily. I don't believe that for a second. That's all they've been doing for months, if you want my opinion. That's my opinion. Uh, They have to figure out how to keep Joe in the the best frame of mind, make sure that he's on a schedule that will keep him at his maximum level of alertness for 9 p.m. at night. There's a reason that they have a light schedule. There's a reason Kamala Harris also has no public events, too. Uh, Meanwhile, the president has been zigzagging the country. I would not expect a guy that is not prepared. I mean, he certainly has had the time and the seclusion to spend all of his time preparing for a debate with Donald Trump. The attacks will be, you know, along the lines of what you saw Kamala Harris uh, do in the debate against Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden proves how lucid he can be without a teleprompter or a script. Linda just sent me, watch without a teleprompter. What, what, what is that tape you just sent me? Why am I supposed to be reading this when I'm doing a show? Um, anyway, so we'll see. Right Sorry. <laughs> the Florida Attorney General for the FBI is investigating a pro-Biden vote-buying scheme down there. I just mentioned what's happening in, in Pennsylvania. And that would be the monies that people like uh, Minnie Mike, Mike Bloomberg... $100 million he's spending on one effort in Florida, spending more money on another effort in Florida to get, you know, pay the fines and restitution of criminals as he's determined. Is that something of value for a vote? Well, they're investigating it. We'll continue. All right, the stakes can't be higher. It is 40 days, and you are the ultimate jury. I mentioned in Pennsylvania now, the FBI is now working with local uh, county board of elections and other uh, law enforcement personnel and police and Pennsylvania State Police 
conducting interviews, recovering, reviewing physical evidence as it relates to uh, voter fraud issues and potential issues with mail-in ballots. Um, And we'll have more details on that. We know the Florida Attorney General is now urging the FBI to launch a criminal investigation into Michael Bloomberg's scheme to pay off convicted felons so that they can vote for Joe Biden. The Attorney General requesting the FBI state law enforcement now probe Mike Bloomberg for paying the outstanding fines and fees of 32,000 convicted felons in Florida so they could regain their right to vote ahead of the November election. In a letter to the FBI, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, dated Wednesday, yesterday, uh, the Attorney General of Florida writing that she had looked into the billionaire and the fundraising and personal donation to the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Governor Ron DeSantis has requested a look into this. The Sunshine State's top law enforcement officer wrote after preliminarily reviewing the limited public information and law, it appears further investigation is warranted. And accordingly, I request that your agencies further investigate this matter and take appropriate steps as merited. It's reported that the former presidential candidate had raised over $16 million, donated over $5 million to this Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Another thing, uh, Matt Gates said it on TV the other night, a thing of value. Back to this point, Biden is in hiding, announcing again at 920 this morning he would spend the day hunkered down in his basement bunker. Wow. Now, the president's teasing on the fact that he hides pretty much every day down in his basement bunker. Sleepy Joe has just closed down his campaign again for the day, wants to rest. Very low energy individual and our country cannot make it in these uh, exciting but complex and competitive times with a low energy president. And that would be true. I'm sure what they're doing is they're probably adjusting my guess. I'm just guessing. You know, the adjusting Joe's schedule so he's at maximum energy level for him. He does seem weak and frail and cognitively struggling, but that's that's not how they're what they're now doing. It's very obvious to me. I've watched campaigns now my whole career, 33 years on radio, 25 years on Fox. They have decided they're better off running ads like crazy and raising money like crazy. And they're running what are called image ads. Every ad you see by the Democrats will show a. A invigorated Joe Biden acting outraged like he did in the CNN town hall. And they they took to project an image. It's like Madison Avenue marketing. You want to. These are image ads, not not necessarily rooted in reality, but to influence people's minds and perception about somebody. It's obvious what they're doing. They're running ads at a very high rate in every swing state. And I uh, hope people are aware this this is real. The amount of money being poured in by, you know, billionaires in this race on the Democratic side is massive. It's all to influence swing voters uh, at this point. And then the other thing is, OK, well, what are they doing? Why is Joe shut down every day at 9 or 10 a.m. to adjust his schedule so that he's at maximum peak performance for him at 9 p.m.? It's not that hard to figure out. And, you know, that's why he has been in the basement bunker. They're, they're trying to let the ads run it. Joe will memorize five or six points on every topic, including prepared attack lines. He'll study them over and over and over, practice over and over and over and over again. And in the hopes that Joe can, you know, survive the hour and a half, which shouldn't be hard for anybody to do. And uh, then the media mob will go out and see Joe's really got it. He's got what it takes. Boy, he showed he can be presidential. Man, for that hour and a half, he was amazing. That's what they're hoping. 
And, you know, with this, you know, this being a very different election year, virtual conventions, for example, that, you know, it's this is what they're doing. You look at a schedule today, September 24th. We only have 40 days to go before this tipping point election for the country. And by the way, you know, 24 crucial, you know, days, you know, the last 24, last five weeks, and just five weeks more to go. But he's taken in 24 days of September, he's taken for full nine days off completely. No, no presidential candidate does that. He's been on vacation or resting or, you know, doing Zoom calls, raising money. That's what they say. That's for that's more than a third of the month he takes off and he's running for president. Now, there's something going on. There's a struggle there. I think it's obvious. No schedule events. You know, as of 930 this morning, the ninth day in September, the Democratic nominee will not be on the campaign trail. They called a lid, which means you will not hear from us for the rest of the day. No public events, no travel schedule for the rest of the day. A lid usually means the campaign will not conduct any press conferences or dispense press releases. He's, he's answered less than 100 questions, Joe Biden. And also Kamala Harris, no public events scheduled. You know, so more than a few reporters were quick to note the Democratic nominee's schedule stands in stark contrast to the ever the energizer bunny President Donald Trump increasing travel in recent weeks, doing two rallies a day. You know, Thursday alone, the president is going to be in North Carolina, then flying to Jacksonville, Florida for another rally. By the way, mailed in ballots were found in a tossed in a ditch in Wisconsin and did you see what pattern that's going on here? Fox 11 reporting that one of the counties, their sheriff said that the trays were found in a ditch early this morning. And the mail was found near the intersection of highways 96 and CB near the Appleton International Airport was turned over to the Postal Service. The Postal Inspection Service immediately began investigating and they reserve uh, further comment until it's completed. Find, well, we're finding ballots in ditches now. Um. You know, a lot has, uh, you know, th- th- this is what I expect. You know, th- what, look at what we've heard since the vacancy in the Supreme Court. Well, we can impeach the president every day if we want for any reason. We're going to stack the courts. We have to we have to burn the system down, the mob supporting all of this. That will we'll, we'll end the Electoral College. We'll stack the courts with as many justices as we want. We'll get rid of the the legislative filibuster. This is scary times. Remember, I think it was back in July, you know, Kamala Harris saying, you better get used to it on the, you know, violence. It's going to happen. It's not going to stop. Listen to what she had to say. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before election day in November. And they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. Not going to let up and they should not. We're not going to give up. Oh, well, that was in June. Well, nobody's let up, have they? We had two cops killed in Louisville last night. Wow. I'm sorry, shot, not killed. Shot last night. And by the way, I got a, I, I misreported at one point last night, and I apologized. I caught it on the air, but the, the National Guard was requested and deployed by the governor of Kentucky. Good for him. Um, and you notice everywhere that they do deploy, 
you know, by the way, cities that cooperated with the feds, they stayed peaceful during the protests. In other words, wherever the, the president has been able to help Minneapolis, for example, or Kenosha or D.C., you know, they've been able to restore order. We know how to do it. I mean, and I had to do it without with, you know, with non-lethal weapons. We still need more training for police for sure. There's no doubt about that. I'm, I've been the biggest advocate of that. You know, I mean, I, and that goes back to George Floyd. But I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the stun gun that the cops use. By the way, it's a close range weapon. It's not, you know, the, how about like that burner gun? If you're interested in a non-lethal, and I'm a customer of Burner. I just became friends with the owner, but I'm a customer because I believe in the product. And B-Y-R-N-A, yes, Burner. It's called the, yeah, that's what it's called. By the way, they have new models out, pink, orange, and yellow. Can you imagine that? Pretty funny, but it shoots two pepper sprays and one tear gas, and it, it allows you to, to, you know, if somebody breaks into your house or a cop is out in a situation and, and he wants another non-lethal alternative, it works. And I just I just purchased a couple on my own just because I saw it and I watched the videos. I'm like, this works. Anyway, I, I, and then I, I talked to the owner. Love the owner. Great guy. And anyway, they're they're producing them as fast as they can. If you haven't seen it, it's a BYR. And a, and I think every cop should think about it. Police departments need to think about this. Um, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Um, you know, there was a debate coach, Brett O'Donnell, on Fox News that gave reviews of what could trip up the president during the debate. And I think his team needs to pay attention. I don't want to see the president out too much and not spending the time preparing because that's all that Biden is doing. And I don't think the president should be defensive I think he should be offensive, especially, you know, that all Joe's going to want to talk about is COVID, 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 and what he would do, do, do. Yeah, but Joe didn't support the travel ban, the quarantine, the subsequent travel bans. He called hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering. Well, that saved how many hundreds of thousands of lives, likely? Incalculable numbers of lives. And, you know, why? Did he want more business transactions with zero-experience hunter in China, like Russia, like Ukraine, Kazakhstan? Um, you know, these are just crazy times we're living in, very dangerous times that we're living in. Anyway, so what could derail Biden in this debate is I, I, I don't think Biden can keep his focus if somebody starts asking him tough questions. The problem is what happens in these debates is they become joint press conferences. You ask a question and you're not allowed to interrupt. So there's, there's going to be a fine line to all of this, but I think Joe, you know, if he's asked tough questions, he's going to have a hard time answering a lot of them, at least coherently. Um, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Is anyone going to, Is anyone in the media, New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS? Because they, they haven't covered the report by Senator Ron Johnson and Charles Grassley. Could you imagine if this was Donald Trump? Foreign money flowing to Hunter Biden. All these, all these wire transfers of people that are Russian... Uh, citizens, Ukrainian citizens, all this, all this backroom deals with Ukraine and Russia and China. It's chilling. And the media is quiet. By the way, apparently John Kerry knew and had knowledge of some of these dealings and then and falsely lied about it. That also came out last night, detailing the extensive foreign dealings. 
pretty unbelievable. In terms of what we saw in Louisville last night, you know, they've now arrested the suspect, thankfully. And by the way, you know, we saw this now spreading out to other places. I, there's a video we'll show you tonight. Diners in St. Petersburg, Florida. This is the I-4 corridor, Tampa. They're just at an innocent restaurant. Tampa Bay Times reporter videotaped it. And then you had a bunch of people saying, get out of your seat. I'm like, really? These are customers that are, you know, trying to have a nice night outside eating. Woman gets up. This is my table. Guy sits down next to them. I ought to knock your old ass boyfriend the F out. The man threatened, deriding the woman as a wild Karen in her natural effing habitat. That the future of America? Because Joe Biden, he's all about redirecting funds from the police. Police become the enemy. Kamala Harris is going to keep happening. Not going to stop. Praises the defunding effort of Mayor Garcetti. Biden backs the same kind of bail reform also. That's part of the Bernie Biden manifesto that turned New York City streets into a war zone. Not a good idea. That's not going to end well. We see what's happening everywhere around the country. The president did praise the Kentucky governor's request for the National Guard. That's how you restore order. You don't want innocent people getting hurt, do you? You don't want innocent business owners, you know, their life's work burned to the ground. Residents in every town, every city in America have a right to be safe. They haven't been for a long time. Joe Biden's vice president, 4,000 homicides in Chicago, barely mentions it. 20,000 shootings in Chicago, barely mentions it. Barely didn't even mention what's going on in our cities at the DNC convention. Do you see where this is? Scary times. All right, a lot to get to. The two officers shot Louisville last night. We're going to talk about that, but it's also the lawlessness in cities all across the country. Uh, we're going to take an hour to delve in, to do a deep dive into all of this. At the Leo Terrell, Horace Cooper, Burgess Owens will join us next. Also, Rand Paul, Louis Gomert. Um, you know, politicizing medicine, politics always wins. Doctor Oz says. We'll explain straight ahead. Shoot guns at them, real guns. Well, listen, not only um, is he being intellectually dishonest about that, you know, I find all of his remarks with regards to this whole entire press conference offensive. And let me just speak to this whole celebrity influencer thing. While they can't speak for Kentuckians, let me say this as a black woman. He does not speak for black folks. He's skin folk, but he is not kin folk. And so just like he thinks they can't speak for Kentucky because he's up there with a black face, he does not speak for all of us. This was not a tragedy. This was a murder. He should be ashamed of himself. First few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before election day in November and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. That last cut is Kamala Harris. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before the election. They're not going to stop after the election. How how are we to interpret that? Uh, other than okay, we've got we played the the audio. We'll show you tonight. Police shot in Louisville. Two of them. Yeah, they, we have body cam footage now released. Uh, we had an incident in Tampa, Florida. We have a, a couple is out there dining. Um, Tampa uh, Bay Times reporter, you know, literally videotaping and guy just goes up sits down with the couple and and woman tries to say excuse me this is our table if you don't mind 
I ought to knock your old ass boyfriend the F out, the man threatened, and derided the woman as a wild Karen in her natural effing habitat. And these images, what, now Kamala Harris, it's not gonna, this is not going to stop? It's not going to stop shooting the, the cops in this country? We're not going to... We're not going to stop what the arson, the anarchy, the looting, the shootings, the attacks, the bottles, the bricks, the Molotov cocktails, the frozen water bottles, the canes, the bats, the hockey sticks, the knives, the guns. We're not none of this is going to stop. Well, why don't you if you want to lead, why don't you say this needs to stop? We need to restore law and order and safety and security that liberal Democrats in liberal cities for decades have been unwilling to do. And now it's on a mass scale. And I do give credit to the governor of, of Kentucky last night for calling up the National Guard, getting the help of the president, as did Minneapolis, where, yes, they restored order, as they did in Kenosha, Wisconsin, as they did in Washington, D.C., which they have not done in New York. They have not done in Seattle. They've not done in Portland or a lot of other big cities. Well, now we've got this going on in Louisville, but order is going to be restored. Uh, we know how to do it. We know how to do it. It's not fun. We, you have non-lethal methods, tear gas and pepper spray to disperse crowds. It works, but you have to have the proper manpower, people properly trained. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, in, Biden came. Biden campaign is up with a new 60-second ad featuring an African-American man in a barbershop talking about Biden's plan for ending cash bail. Uh, okay, is 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 that the answer? How well has that worked out for New York City? Not well at all. We're going to take the whole hour because we're talking about life and death here, law and order and safety and security. If you don't have that one fundamental thing, then how does any American pursue happiness? If a one-year-old can be shot in a stroller in a park in New York City, which happened, and, and Lawrence Jones interviewed the father and the grandmother, an eight-year-old beautiful little girl in Atlanta. Mom makes a wrong turn into a chop chaz autonomous zone there, and and shots fired. This little girl dies in the back of her mom's car. A seven-year-old beautiful girl in Chicago, she's killed. You know, we have the 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr., his father pouring his heart out on national TV on my show. And and this is just the tip of the iceberg. Over 3,000 cops now injured, about 45 cops now dead around the country nationwide uh, from this year. Leo Terrell is with us, civil rights attorney, talk show host, at the Leo Terrell Twitter. Horace Cooper's with us, legal commentator, co-chair of the Black Leadership Network Project 21, there's a book coming out, How Trump is Making Black America Great Again. Burgess Owens, friend of the program, former NFL superstar, part of the uh, 1980 Super Bowl winning Raiders, and by the way, is now a candidate for Utah's 4th Congressional District and, and can win that race if you're in Utah, uh, listening to Rod Arquette's KNRS. Thank you all for being with us. Uh, Leo, you know, I, I, I watched what happened last night, two cops shot. You know, we saw a U-Haul early in the day, and a lot of the signs were made, water bottles distributed, um, shields. We have shields there screaming um, that were obviously there. A lot of planning went into what happened uh, yesterday in Louisville. Sean, I'll tell you right now, I'm really scared for this country if we don't get President Trump reelected. I'll tell you why. Because law and order is the number one obligation of government. And those Democratic cities have abandoned it. But when you look at what happened last <laughs> night, not only in Louisville with two officers shot, but protests around this country and Democrats looking the other way. And Kamala Harris basically with the audio tape, basically endorsing this. 
our country is at risk from a safety standpoint if these individuals, Democrats, are put in office. And we cannot let that happen. So this is a message to the entire country. If the safety and the security of America is at stake right now, now, let me be as clear, as a lawyer, someone who has handled these type of cases, the district, the attorney general and the grand jury got it right. The Breonna Taylor murder was unfortunate. It was horrible. It was an accident. It was a mistake. But you cannot charge these two officers with self-defense. You, they have a self-defense argument because they were fired upon. And it's very important that we learned yesterday, because we learned more facts than what we knew six for the last six months, that a civilian heard these officers announce their presence. So when you look at the totality of all these facts, the David Cameron and the grand jury got it right. And one last point, I'm insulted and horrified by that MSNBC reporter to, to use David Cameron's race as some form of phony justification that he got it wrong. That is the ultimate race card. I think it's Dan- Daniel Cameron, yeah. Um let me let me go to Burgess. Burgess, you're watching uh, all of this happen yeah. around the country, and and by the way, now it's you know the politics of a lot of this has now gone into professional uh, athletics. Um, your take on all of it? Uh, to me, it's a very simple formula. Every American in every town in every city deserves to be protected and safe and secure in their home, in their town, in their city. Police now defund the police effort, which we all know Kamala Harris supports. She praised the $150 million cut uh, uh, in the LAPD. We we have Biden on tape saying police become the enemy and he would redirect funds away from them. Um, A billion dollar cut in New York City. Cops, you know, where they normally make left turns, Burgess, they're now going right to get the hell out of trouble. Yep, yep. Well, first of all, uh, this this has actually been tragic, and I think we we can all agree on that. But, but here's something that's innate within our nation. Uh, we do not uh, uh, think that losing our innocence gives justification for taking other innocents. And mob violence has never worked. It is something we've stood up against, whether it be 1920s with Black Wall Street or the 1960s when I was growing up. Mob violence is against everything we stand for. This country, if we was, once we respect law, it's the only way we get to order. And that's what, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at people actually taking glee out of destruction. It's not about Brianna. It's not about... Uh, George Floyd, these people are literally putting, saving money, putting money aside to destroy innocent people's lives. Whether it be those 30 children plus that's been, that's been killed since this process, over 100 black people across our country since George Floyd has been, have been killed in some, some manner or another. And, and of course, thousands of, of businesses, own, I mean, lives have been destroyed because some people would rather do that than really deal with the issues that we're talking about. And that is law and order to make sure everybody's safe. So we have to look at this, and I think it's a defining moment for Americans across the board. We now see what, uh, what the left wants to do, and, and we don't go that way. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna vote against it, and I look forward to, to seeing that day when all Americans, no matter what side of the aisle we're on, are fighting for law and order and for safety and for the dreams of people who live their lives uh, in, in, in the American way. Horace Cooper, this now is like a cancer, and it's spreading all around the country. Well, absolutely there's a cancer spreading, but there's a cancer that is attempting to overturn the amazing idea of America, this idea of the rule of law, and this idea of the citizen being equal before the law. Throughout the civil rights era, in fact, you can go right up to the post-Civil uh, War period, and you see how minorities, who happen to be black, suffer when the mob is allowed 
to run free. One of the critical achievements of our civil rights effort was to end the idea that at any point your rights, your privileges, your property ownership was subjected to the vagaries of the mob. We went back to our regional American idea that the government isn't looking at one citizen and favoring one over the other. What we're being asked to do now is throw that all away. I will tell you, minorities, every American has something to lose, but minorities have the most to lose. We especially benefit from the rule of law and equality before the law. You know, I, I, I'm watching this, and, and Leo, you know, we've gone over this. We, You and I t- discussed yesterday in detail as a civil rights attorney, somebody that has has, has taken lawsuits to, to police um, when, when you have bad apples uh, over the years, and you had the grand jury process. Um, the rules are very strict. By the way, when, and before a grand jury to get an indictment, you're only hearing from the from the prosecution, the defense does not get to put on a defense. You need nine of 12 to reach the indictment. What was said about the attorney general in in Louisville, or I'm sorry, in Kentucky, was a disgrace over there at MSDNC. Uh, he presented that grand jury with every possible option. I won't go through all the details that we did yesterday in the Breonna Taylor case. Um, but they be presented them with every option imaginable. And these are the charges for this officer based on what nine of 12 grand jurors would agree to. I, I, I know it's not a perfect system of justice. I can tell you in a lot of ways that I think we have a dual justice system, but it is the only one we have. But I can't think of a better one. And it is imperfect. It is not perfect, but it's the best one on this planet. And it's the one that justice is supposed to be applied to everyone. But let me be clear. This grand jury doesn't have a racial motivation. This grand jury are members of the community. They evaluate the facts. They don't have a hidden agenda. And so for, for, the, for the left to reject it and to make an assumption that it's racially biased, it's ridiculous. I know this type of work. I've done it for 30 years. And this grand jury had all the evidence. All the evidence they looked at, and Daniel Cameron presented a summary of that evidence, along with the assistance of the FBI. But to attack it because of a racial argument by MSNBC is to inflame their base. That's all they can do because the facts and the rule of law, and I would challenge anyone on the left to show me a lawyer where officers cannot use their weapons in self-defense. Their only argument, Sean, is misinformation, and that's why we have the riots. It's a terrible tragedy, as we discussed in detail yesterday. Burgess, uh, I know you talk pretty well. It has not experienced the the level of protests and and anarchy that we see in other cities. Are people there still talking about it? What do they say? Well, everybody's talking about it, because I think uh, this is a time in in our country's history where we're taking notice that we uh, no longer have grays. It's uh, it's good versus evil. And let me just say this. I've going to be in a community in the 60s, a very proud, segregated community that was very, very competitive across our country. I can tell you what we're up against, guys, is that white supremacist is black elitist. It's like the Kamala Harris who gets on, 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 the, on the news and says that we should go out and riot and do whatever we have to do. They never take part. These elitists are very, it's interesting the way they, they, they operate. 
they they put together policies that that put that hurt their own community so they can't read they can't write they can't get jobs they don't have families and then they stroke these riots and guess what they do then they take their they get back to their their own little safe communities uh look at the big screen and watch the riots where other people are suffering and dying and destroying things they never take part because they're cowards so understand it's, it's the black elitists these who are in these blue states that put together laws that that, they, uh, that my race respects and 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 trust. They take that trust to gain power, a position, uh, um, income, and and then now turn turn each other turn turn out my own race into into races. So this is our this is our enemy. I hope everybody look, looks at them, knows who they are, and let's not. All right, I got to take a break. Make that in office. All right, more with Leo Terrell, Horace Cooper, Burgess Owens. We'll examine the impact of all this on the presidential race. Forty days. You're the ultimate jury. Uh, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Also, the investigation into uh, did the media do everybody in the country a disservice in terms of therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine? Uh, We'll debate that and much more as we continue. Best election coverage available on your radio dial, The Sean Hannity Show. 40 days, you are the ultimate jury. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We'll get back to our panel here in just a second. Let's go to the... The Kentucky AG, Daniel Cameron. Now, we played yesterday repeatedly the charges against the police in the Breonna Taylor case. I won't go back and play that. But then he said the following about what the charges mean, each count means, and officers, how he says, were justified. Remember, they went into the house. Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, who had a legal weapon, thought it was a break-in. He he shot and, and hit one of the three police officers. Police fired back. We've gone over this in detail all day yesterday. Uh, I won't repeat that, but let's just go to the AG of Kentucky. After hearing the evidence from our team of prosecutors, the grand jury voted to return an indictment against Detective Hankinson for three counts of wanton endangerment for wantonly placing the three individuals in apartment three in danger of serious physical injury or death. The charge of wanton endangerment in the first degree is a class D felony. And if found guilty, the accused can serve up to five years for each count. Kentucky law states that a person is guilty of wanton endangerment in the first degree when under circumstances manifesting in indifference to the value of human life, he wantonly engages in conduct which creates a substantial danger of death or serious physical injury to another person. My office is prepared to prove these charges at trial. However, it's important to note that he is presumed innocent until proven guilty. Our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in their return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. Let me state that again. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Breonna Taylor's death. All right, that was from yesterday, and here is the most chilling. Now, we've gone over Joe Biden. Police become the enemy. He said it. Oh, would you consider redirecting funds to other areas? Of course, I'd reconsider redirecting funds. Remember, they didn't bring up the issue of safety, security, law, order at all during the Democratic National Convention. They didn't bring it up at all. 
Kamala Harris, we already know, she's for the defund effort. She praised the mayor of Los Angeles, Garcetti, when he cut $150 million from the LAPD budget. She also was tweeting out support for the bail fund for people in Minneapolis that the police had gone through the difficult trial of of arresting those that were involved in anarchy and in disruption and violence uh, that was going on at the time. She she's supporting the no bail idea that is not working in the state of New York. I can tell you from firsthand experience, it is the worst idea because of no bail in New York. You had bank robbers going out there, robbing banks, being put away, getting let out immediately thereafter and then going robbing more banks and then bragging about it. One guy, I think, did five banks in a row that way. I mean, this is madness. And they were letting the anarchists out of jail within hours so they could rejoin the, quote, activities of the day, whatever they happen to be. Kamala Harris, this isn't going to stop. This is, I want you all to be aware. This is not stopping. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware. Because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be. Everyone should take note of that on both levels. That this isn't. They're not going to let up, and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to. They're not going to stop. They're not going to let up, and they shouldn't let up, and we're not going to let up. Okay. How are we supposed to interpret that? We continue our discussion at the Leo Terrell, Horace Cooper, Burgess Owens running for the 4th Congressional District in Utah. Uh, Leo, how do you take those comments of Kamala Harris, Joe's comments of, you know, and lack of comments about law and order and safety and security, Kamala's Harris about defunding the police? How do you take all of that? How do you take these comments? It's not going to stop. Beware. You're on notice. Oh, I'll tell you, tell you exactly. I take it as a pact that Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and the Democrats have made with Antifa and the extremist Black Lives Matter on the left. They basically said, go ahead and do whatever you want, because that's okay with us. And let me tell you right now, Kamala Harris is the senator, VP nominee, who bankrolled a fund for criminals in Minnesota, and a sexual predator got released as a result of the funding of that. Kamala Harris is a senator in the home state of two officers who were ambushed and shot, and she has not visited them. My point is what I've said to you before. The Democrats are trying to pander to blacks, thinking that because they lost the election in 2016, they want to cater to blacks. It's going to backfire. Sean, 80, 90 percent of African-Americans believe in law and order. We want to be protected. It's our only line of defense. That's why you've heard silence from Kamala Harris on black on black crime. And when police officers, black police officers are shot, they cannot support law enforcement because they made a deal with the devil Antifa and the extremists on Black Lives Matter. Your thoughts, Horace Cooper. If you were going to play a game, just a theoretical game, maybe a group of people are at your house and you say, hey, I would like to have a political party, and I would like to figure out how to destroy its support in an upcoming major elections. I'd like to figure out how to scare off minorities. I'd like to figure out how to scare off the middle class. I'd like to figure out how to scare off suburban whites. Well, guess what? Here's how you do it. 
you engaged in an ongoing assault on law enforcement. Everybody understands that the law enforcement role is absolutely essential. It's not actually a surprise when black Americans, two-thirds or more of them, say, we want more police, because that's what Americans are saying. The attack on this group, the silence against the radicals, and the support where volunteers in campaigns are donating to the radicals or to the protesters or to the looters. That is a recipe for how you destroy yourself. Now, I give that counsel, but I also want to tell black America, look at what they're doing and ignore it. Support what's good for you and your family, not what the crazy people who are killing their party are trying to do. I I view this as a a big, huge campaign issue. Um, You know, uh, Burgess, I mean, are people talking about this in your district? Again, this is being talked across the country because obviously when America burns the way we are and we can predict pretty much that there's going to be mild violence anytime there's uh, a case that the left doesn't like, uh, we all have to ask ourselves, when does this end? If I can just say this, uh, this is what the, 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 the left, the radical left and the Democratic Party has been doing to black Americans for so many decades. It's called use, abuse, and discard. They could care less about uh, the safety, uh, even justice. They'd have an agenda. An agenda is to, 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 uh, uh, to, to beat up, to, uh, to discourage, to give every, every bit of darkness to those that they oversee. So they, they lose hope. They lose hope in the American dream. They lose hope in, in, uh, in, in, in the idea of having a business and having a safe home. This is what has been happening for decades. And I think America now can see we, we need to stop it. We cannot allow that to happen any longer to uh, those, those communities that are at risk. And I'll say this is the reason why, as you look at the black community today, we're leaving the plantation in a big, big way. We're fed up with it. We now understand that our president has pulled back the curtains. So we now see who our true enemy is, and it's not each other. It's the radical left who hates everything about our culture. They hate our God. They hate uh, education. They hate the family unit. They hate the free and free market. And they're showing it by destroying everything they touch whenever and any opportunity they get. So we're waking up. And I think it's going to be a good thing for us as we, as we move forward to this uh, November 3rd for sure. You know, Leo, I, I don't know. I mean, I read the polls. You read the polls. I'm not sure if anyone has an accurate handle on anything going on right now in terms of where the electorate is. We've yet to see a debate. This is a year, you know, where every th- rule has changed. The conventions were virtual, so on and so forth. Um, we've not. Joe Biden is now just justified, I guess, his debate prep necess- necessities and is in hiding now for, you know, a full week. His day ends at 9 or 10 a.m. in the morning. That's it. You never see or hear from him again. Um, so he's like a ghost or a shadow of a candidate. But his words and lack of them on law and order, they speak loudly to me. His, his efforts to redirect funds, his police become the enemy, him not ever saying a supportive word of the police, Kamala Harris, her words I found chilling. Beware, this is not going to stop. And supporting the defund effort and, you know, the no bail uh, movement, letting, you know, people out of jail with no bail. Um, these are all pretty radical ideas that I think will contribute to a, an environment that is not safe and secure for any kid, any place, any town, any city, any neighborhood. So, Sean, everyone agrees that the chaos over the last six months has been 
frightening to America. And the polls are shifting for Trump. Throughout, throughout the early polls, I'm telling you, American public is fed up with this lawlessness. Two officers shot yesterday in Louisville, and they also realized for black Americans, Trump has done things for black Americans. Low unemployment, first step, opportunity zones. I mean, it's there. It's tangible. And people can see it. And I'll tell you right now that the concern of safety and law and order, the Democrats have put that as a number one issue because they have allowed violence and crime to go on in these Democratic cities. And I'm telling you, people, based on what I'm hearing, people are resonating to Donald Trump, especially people of color. Final point, Hispanic numbers are shockingly high in Florida for Trump. And there is a lot of blacks. Myself, no one on this planet thought right. that Leo Terrell would be voting for Republicans. I am because of the Democratic chaos. I'm going to uh, say goodbye to all three of you. Thank you all. Uh, Burgess Owens, thank you. Good luck in the 4th Congressional District, Utah. Horace, thank you. Leo Terrell, thank you. You know, I want to play, just, you know, remind people going out of this segment, the protesters, what they said on the street and what Kamala Harris has said and Biden has said. You decide in 40 days. This is what where the most extreme uh, party radical ideas of a mainstream so-called party never been this insanely radical. Listen. Plus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is that... Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way, and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. We've got to re-examine what we're doing with American taxpayer dollars and ask the question, are we getting the right return on our investment? Are we actually creating healthy and safe communities? And that's a legitimate conversation, and it requires a, a really critical evaluation. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Sean Hannity's new book is now available. Live free or die in stores and online everywhere. Hi, live free or die, America, the world on the brink. You know, we've had Dr. Rich on the program. We, we, we had identified the letter of Dr. Daniel Wallace, Cedar sinai 42 years, you know, uh, in practice, the premier expert on hydroxychloroquine and lupus and anti-malarials. 
and rheumatoid arthritis and the risk is nil and he'd been prescribing it all these years i mean it just i mean the lying that went on the the one study cited by the mob and the media just i guess because donald trump said hey we're seeing there's no risk what what have you got to lose anyway long story short is that we now have other people that have pointed this all out now I want to play Dr. Risch's comments, and these are, you know, these are the top-tier doctors. Daniel Wallace, a top-tier doctor, saying this. Listen. So the question is, what do studies of high-risk people show when they're treated early? The answer to that is, uniformly, every study shows benefit. And this includes 600 seniors in a large trial in Sao Paulo, Brazil, who had 75% reduced hospitalization. About 200 people treated over age 60 in Marseille in France matched 200 not people not treated with a 60% reduction in death. 700 high-risk people treated in a large HMO across Brazil had 50% reduction in hospitalization. 200 early treated out, uh, nursing home patients in Marseille with a 60% reduction in mortality. 1,100 patients in a New Jersey study with a 50% reduction in hospitalization. 100 elderly residents of long-term care residences in the state of Andorra between Spain and France they had more than a tenfold reduction in mortality for hydroxychloroquine used with azithromycin. All right, so this, no matter how many times it's been said, no matter how many different ways, uh, we had the one study that had to be retracted. There's the New York Sinai study. There is, you know, the Henry uh, Ford Hospital study. There is the study Dr. Risch just mentioned. I've told you all about Daniel Wallace. I mean, I've read that letter more times on the air than anyone else. Now, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas, they both contracted COVID-19. And both of them came out on the other side of the virus, healthy, armed with antibodies, by the way, and the information of the treatment and how it worked for them. Uh, I knew that Senator Rand Paul was a doctor and I knew where he stood on how to treat this. So I didn't really feel as compelled to try and offer help. I was all over Louis Gohmert. He will tell you I was his harassing friend, sending him every bit of information I had accumulated over the, the last 10 months so that he could make an informed decision, and he did. Uh, both Senator Paul and, and Congressman Louis Gohmert, also Dr. George Fareed, um, medical doctor, Harvard Medical School, Brawley, Imperial County, California, and other doctors and clinics, and treated thousands of COVID-19 patients uh, with the 455 of them with hydroxychloroquine. Anyway, and uh, by the way, a former research assistant at the NIH, former Harvard assistant professor, developed three patents on cancer drugs. I mean, th th these are the top people in their field. Welcome all of you to the program. Thank you. Thanks, John. All right, quickly, Louis, I, I think you could probably say accurately I was a pain in the ass when I heard you got COVID-19, and, and I just wanted to get as much information to you as possible in as, in as fast a period of time. Is that true? I can't say you were a pain in the ass, but yes, you got me great information. You were calling me every day and for the rest of my life. I'll always remember and think fondly of what an incredible friend Sean Hannity is. I mean, to, to go to that trouble every day, you made sure I had what I needed. I was able to contact uh, doctors that were immensely helpful. Uh, but you've had the courage to to step up and say, look, this is what brilliant doctors that are involved in this are saying. I've heard from really smart doctors that say, no, hydroxychloroquine, it doesn't help. Well, because they bought into the, 
the lies that have been put out there. And so to have people like Dr. Rich and Dr. Fareed, Dr. Smith, uh, in, in the uh, program we put on, it, it uh, they were able to tell their story, and it is exceedingly compelling. My only regret is the kind of flack that these brilliant doctors have faced as a result of standing up for the truth. Uh, Senator Paul, I felt bad when you got it, but you too got over this really quickly. How did you do it? You know, I ended up not having any symptoms and not taking any treatment. But uh, the interesting thing is, is that uh, I called Louie when he was sick, and I said, Louie, guess what? Now that you're better, we both have immunity. Even Dr. Fauci admits that you get immunity after this. One of the things that was missed in our testimony yesterday is that Dr. Fauci said, the good news is that the vaccine is showing an immune response that is comparable to the response you get from getting the illness itself. But we still have CNN and all the left-wing media saying, oh, you're not really immune. You're not really immune. There's no science. Well, even Fauci admits you have immunity. We should be telling the millions of Americans who have had this good news. You can visit your grandparents now. You're not going to give it to your grandparents once you've healed up. You know, Dr. Fareed, as we introduced you, you know, obviously former research assistant at NIH, former Harvard assistant professor, developed three patents on cancer drugs, beyond impressive. But I think I'm most impressed that you were the team physician for Andre Agassi, Jim Courier, uh, Pete Sampras, uh, helping the U.S. Davis Cup team for 10 years. Those were 10 pretty good years for us. Um, thank you, Sean. And Thank you, Congressman Gomert and Senator Paul. Uh, it was a uh, Sean. Yes, my, uh, that's one of the great epics of my life, being the team doctor for the U.S. Davis Cup team in in the golden era for U.S. tennis. And uh, between my dad uh, actually led me into that. He was my hero. He worked with Albert Schweitzer and uh, was a missionary doctor. And he was the team doctor for the U.S. Davis Cup team for 15 years. Uh, and he was a personal friend of Jack Kramer and doctor for Jack Kramer. Right. But in any case, my dad would be um, backing me every way, every step of the way on in this uh, mission to uh, lead us in the right direction uh, for ending this pandemic. It could have been ended. Uh, I'm absolutely convinced of that. We have a excellent treatment that is antiviral. It's a, it's a direct acting antiviral because of the co components of it, uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, with zinc and with one of the antibiotics that have antiviral ac action, azithromycin and do or doxycycline. And there's been a suppression that's been just uh, tragic, uh, not only in this pandemic, but probably for decades before, of the broad-spectrum efficacy of a cheap treatment for many viral illnesses. Uh, a really extraordinary orthopedic surgeon named Lee Merritt from Omaha wrote a beautiful paper just published in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons. And documents in an extraordinary way for an orthopedic surgeon the, the, the what what actually has been has happened and maybe because of the vaccine industry i'm not sure but something very in my mind very sinister has happened uh, that has led us to this point i think donald doctor uh, president trump was right when he said hcq was a potential game changer and i saw that i saw the work of rao and zelenko uh, they're heroes of mine, personally, and I adopted that when we had the epicenter here in 
in the Imperial Valley for California and were hit very hard. I treated nursing home patients who got um, contracted the, uh, the infection in an outbreak in June, and I received criticism for using the HCQ cocktail by uh, the county health uh, um, officer, but I, I did it, and they, 29 of 31 recovered, 43 staff people who cared for them contracted it, and they recovered when they, when they needed to be on that cocktail. It's a very good treatment, and if it had been employed earlier, it's not too late to start to employ it, because it, if it had been, we would have had far fewer patients going into the hospital and ending up on ventilators or having severe collateral damage. Uh, Dr. Smith, in this uh, web event with the congressman and senator, uh, did show that in patients, high doses of hydroxychloroquine are very safe. And we know that the lower dose that we use in the five-day treatment is extraordinarily safe. In fact, in rheumatoid arthritis patients and other uh, are, uh, autoimmune patients, the HCQ with methotrexate or other agents actually improves their cardiac status uh, in the long-term status. You know, there, it, I, I, I'm sorry I'm listening. to rant on on this, but I, I, I just feel so strongly, and I don't know if it came across in that uh, uh, web uh, event that we had, and I do thank Senator Paul and uh, Representative Gilmart for including me in that. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Uh, also, your call's final half hour coming up, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, as we continue, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Congressman Louis Gomart of Texas, they both had contracted COVID-19. Uh, Dr. George Farid is with us, former research assistant NIH, former Harvard assistant professor, developed three patents on Cancer drugs, uh, an amazing background. I've been tested a lot. I've not contracted the virus. I don't have the antibodies. I'm not a doctor. Um, and But it was people like you, uh, Dr. Uh, Fareed, and it was people like Dr. Rashu, we just mentioned. It was people like Dr. Oz and others that said, you, you go to war with the army you have, not the one you wish you had. And in spite of all of the anecdotal evidence we had at the time, now it's way beyond that. We've had trials. We've had background. It's still this this cloud hovers over this, uh, Dr. Paul uh, and Rand Paul and, and Louie. And it's frustrating to me. I, 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 people, ha you have to be free to, to, to perform medicine. We're not even allowing a discussion without these vicious political attacks. Yeah, I think you're right. This is Rand, and I'm a big believer in the right to try, that you and your physician should make these decisions. And it's extraordinary to have politicians who have actually gotten in the way and said to doctors, no, you can't use this medicine for COVID treatment or coronavirus. That's never happened before. But this is the derangement of the anti-Trump movement, that they hate him so much that they're willing to get between the doctor and the patient on making the decisions. You know, I'm not an advocate one way or another. I'm not coming down saying it absolutely works or absolutely doesn't work, but I am absolutely for the right to try medicine that you and your doctor decide that you want to try. And, and, and you know, Louie, I didn't tell you what to do. I just gave you the information right. so you could make the that's best right. decision for your health. And and obviously that's you're a friend I of mine. I, I, yeah. I, I was invested in you living, Louie. We couldn't lose you. Well, it worked, and I did the the hydroxychloroquine, the uh, zinc, the 
uh, uh, Z-Pak and also did a steroid nebulizer that Dr. Bartlett recommends. I uh, did that for two days. But the bottom line, and this is where Rand and I are in such accord, you ought to have the freedom to consult your doctor and let, especially allow a doctor to prescribe medicine that's been found safe for 65 years. Let the doctors decide and, and patient decide, and that's exactly what you were furthering, and that's what um, my doctors and I did, and I had those treatments, and it, it plus a lot of prayer. That, that's a good thing, too. No, and, and what the, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, doctor, taking it early is critical, uh, according to the study studies that have now been released. The earlier you take it, the better it works. You no, know, that's absolutely the case. It's best when the, the viral multiplication is at a maximum. That That is in the early period before, and that's where it can be blocked effectively so it doesn't spread to the lungs and other organs. It's uh, uh, the... the um, Patients that uh, I've treated, 455 very high-risk patients, none of them uh, died. Uh, there were, I'm sorry, there's one death, that, and that was a, a patient who had a heart attack later after the treatment, but uh, very few had, uh, three or four had short hospitalizations. What happens, unfortunately, throughout our country is that Doctors don't know that this is appropriate. Uh, it should have been at least suggested and, and encouraged to be used. There's nothing to lose with it. And ER doctors will send patients home without any treatment. The, the, most doctors will want to see a guideline to be able to have confidence or feel comfortable about providing a treatment. They, they, they're scared. We were scared by Dr. Hahn and Dr. Fauci, we were told that there was a, uh, this is a very bad mo- uh, medi- medication, which it isn't. It's, a, it's actually a great medication. I'm 76 years old. I have hypertension. I've been thrown into this, immersed in high exposure, and I take a, uh, the HCQ once a week, and I, I'm completely fine. Uh, I, I do take precautions. And you take it for prophylactic purposes? Oh, I only have about oh, 15 sure, seconds. Sure. Yeah. It, it's been used like that for malaria prophylaxis without any, with uh, excellent results. But it probably will prove out to be beneficial in this capacity yeah. in addition. And again, the least, risk, Dr. Daniel Wallace said the risk is nil. Um, listen, what you guys, telling the story, you know, Dr. Oz was saying often on this program, when you intersect politics and medicine, politics always wins. That is what happened here. That is sad. And the the people that have been hurt the most through this, that would be the American people. Thank you all uh, for sharing your stories. We appreciate it. Uh, And we just want, like, let's keep America healthy again. Let's get this vaccine hopefully is on target. Uh, Dr. Rampal, thank you. You, I think you're right saying, hey, yeah, the antibodies are being created in these studies or else they wouldn't be ongoing uh, final stage studies for the uh, vaccine. Louis, we're glad you well. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. He draws his inspiration from U.S. soldiers and the brave men and women who wear the blue. The warriors who never run from a fight. They run to it. And in this fight, to save the soul of our country, it's time to wake the silent majority. Let this moment radicalize you. The battle lines are drawn, the mission is clear, and the time 
is upon us. With your help, on November 3rd, Republicans are going to win the House, win the Senate, and again, win the White House. When the brave are prepared, there's no battle we can't win. Let's do this. Suit up, chin down, and he'll take the lead. This is The Sean Hannity Show. All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. All right, we have big breaking news on a lot of fronts tonight. We'll get to it on Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Um, and, you know, comments like Andrew Weissman about why are Trump and Barr trying to reward General Flynn for lying? Mm-hmm. Pay close attention to what I'm playing here. And struck. I don't think we know the true story behind General Flynn's statements. Mm-hmm. Um, that and much more will be revealed tonight and then in the days to come. But just, just to remind you, keep this fresh in your mind. Why is the president and why is Bill Barr doing this? In other words, what is it um, that is leading them to do this? And they're taking a different legal position than they take in every other case that it raises these same issues. In other words, that was one of John's you know, biggest points is why are you torturing the facts and the law here for Michael Flynn? Um, and, you know, this is the um, national security advisor. Um, he lied to the FBI. He admitted it. He lied to the vice president of the United States. And what did he lie about? He lied about the conversations he had with the Russian ambassador to the United States to tell him don't um, overreact to sanctions that the prior administration had put on Russia because it had interfered with the Russian um, with the American election in 2016. Why would that be something that a you would lie about, and why would you try and reward somebody for that kind of behavior? So instead of closing the case, Strzok sat down to question Flynn. The strangest thing happened, and it was very clear that he wasn't telling the truth, and we repeatedly tried to get him to that by using and offering phrases, the exact things he had said with the ambassador in the conversations. As a former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, Flynn knew his conversations with the Russian ambassador would be monitored. So it's the damnedest thing. He knew you knew, but he's still denying it. I can't explain it. It sounds like the old Washington story. The cover-up is worse than the deed itself. And to this day, I don't think we yet know the true story of what was behind General Flynn's statements to us. Just keep that in your head as we go forward, because it's going to matter. All right, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, Sidney uh, Powell is with us. Licensed to uh, lie, big bestseller. She exposed all the prosecutorial abuse of uh, the likes of Andrew Weissman long before the Mueller, you know, fiasco, which we now know was predicated on on a premeditated fraud and a phony dossier. Uh, and the word is by somebody that the FBI had known to be, in terms of the subsource, a Russian operative for over a decade. Details tonight. But in the meantime, Sidney Powell joins us. Uh, Sidney, you know, I've been hearing all day about these rumors, about, you know, more uh, evidence in the Flynn case that is exculpatory, including texts and emails. Uh, can you shed some light on it? 
Yes, we've just received 40 pages late last night that include handwritten notes of Peter Strzok, handwritten notes of former Deputy Director Andy McCabe, internal text messages between FBI analysts who worked on the Flynn matter, and additional text messages between Strzok and Page that just are mind-blowing in how they evidence outrageous deliberate misconduct by the FBI and the DOJ playing games with the life of General Flynn, a national hero. I mean, they say things like they were preferred the known quantity of a Clinton presidency instead of the wild card like President Trump was. They were deliberately shutting down the investigation of General Flynn as of November 8th, we know now. And one agent said he was so glad they were closing it. Somebody was silent about it, so they didn't know what he wanted. We're wondering if that was Andy McCabe because they still have things redacted. That would be important. Another agent said they knew exactly how bad things were. I'm telling you, man, if this thing ever gets foiled, we're going to be we're going to have some tough questions asked. They they even were so concerned about it. A bunch of them went out and got professional liability insurance to cover their misconduct. And it shows that they issued or requested national security letters to get General Flynn's financial information simply as a ruse to get more time to keep the investigation against him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Doesn't doesn't the insurance uh, basically prove premeditation on their part? Uh, I would think so. They certainly knew that what they were doing was definitely wrong. I mean, they, they acknowledged that. They even acknowledged that it wasn't even a logical investigative next step to get Flynn's financial records in December of 2016. They knew his relationship with Putin was absolutely in the open. Uh, it, it's just one thing after the other. And, and they even say if we're concerned about sensitivity or leaks, we might not want to send national security letters that we don't really intend on using. It, it makes no sense. You know, I, I, I listen to this and, you know, Sydney, we got an election in 40 days and you've got every institution against this president. I mean, the force of the mob and the media, the Democratic Party. I mean, you know, Kamala Harris, beware, this is not going to stop referring to what's going on in big cities all around the country. What we watched unfold in Louisville last night and I'm, I'm watching and I'm listening to defund the police. I'm watching people in Congress Uh, You know, 29 times in election years, there's been Supreme Court justice vacancies all 29 times. The the duly elected president would appoint a successor. Um, And to hear the Democrats threaten to end the legislative filibuster, pack the courts, uh, try and eliminate the Electoral College. We can impeach Trump every day uh, of the week if we want Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, you know, what what has happened to this country, then the abuse of power. What has happened? Four years of General Flynn's life has been ruined, and the evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible that this was a conspiracy to destroy an innocent man, and they're even acknowledging it now. Um, or, yes. or you and they know, uh, President Obama on it too. There's more discussion of the January fifth, two twenty seventeen briefing of Obama. What does that say? And how people were scrambling for information to support certain things, and it's a madhouse. Trump was right. It's still not put together. Why do we do this to ourselves? What is wrong with these people? So, I I mean, at what point, I mean, Emmett Sullivan is the judge in this case. He seems heavily 
vested now in the interests of the deep state. Not sure exactly why. I have my suspicions, but I don't know why. And and you actually praised him in your book, License to Lie, as it relates to his handling of the Ted Stevens case. By that time, Ted's career had already been ruined and he was gone. And, um, you know, I, I'm trying to understand how did they justify this? Why are we only finding this 40 days before the next election? Why didn't we find this three years ago? Because the FBI has been hiding it. I think the FBI has fought to keep it classified tooth and nail. And apparently it's still fighting because I understand there's more to come. And, of course, I know that there is because I still know there are things out there that are exculpatory that we don't have. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the FBI well, what about, why is Director Ray so reluctant? Why is Director Ray so reluctant and resistant to do his job, Sydney? Because I've had it. Yeah, a lot beyond had it. It's 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 the the behavior of suppressing this evidence that is completely exculpatory of General Flynn and inculpatory of the people who framed him is itself obstruction of justice, and it's flipping appalling. You know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, words now escape me, which is kind of impossible for me, Sydney. I mean, I, I mean, this man's life has been ruined. Others lives have been ruined. Um, those that we have overwhelming, incontrovertible evidence on premeditated fraud on a FISA court. We're going to get into some great details tonight. Apparently, that subsource that the FBI interviewed of Christopher Steele, they knew to be over a decade a Russian agent. You know, we see Hunter Biden's connections to Russian oligarchs, you know, transfers of money and sums of money to, you know, Ukrainians and Russians and, and deep, deep financial ties to China, all while his father is VP and he's making millions. And and yeah. yet the, the, and the media barely bats an eyelash. And if it was Donald Trump, you and I both know what would happen. Yes. And we now know that McCabe went to brief the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence at 515 on May 10, 2017. And they were trying very hard to pin something on Flynn. His notes show Flynn open colon nothing. New line closed colon everything. Colon, um, next line blackmail theoretically possible not the strongest theory you know i'm just at this point you know at, at, you begin to flood the zone on these issues sydney and you know what i mean by that and that is that you know yeah. we're now you know so close to an election and, and i'll be honest director ray has not done any does, has not done the country a service here he's not shown the urgency needed to restore integrity to the greatest law enforcement agency and intelligence agencies on the face of the earth and to get justice for innocent people. That is frustrating. I find Durham and painfully slow when the evidence to to indict on some issues has been there forever. And now we're in a position, well, if he does anything at this point, it's going to be viewed as political uh, or it's not going to be covered like Ron Johnson's, you know, blockbuster developments yesterday. If this was the Trump kids, you know, New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS, fake news, ch- cable channels, they'd be all over it. They're not. Oh, they'd already be in prison. The great they would point. already be in prison. All right. Well, thanks for all you're doing. Please send our best for, you know, eventually he will be free. But it's taken way too long. It's sad. It shouldn't happen. This, this is the United States of America. It's happening here. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, All right, let's get to our phones here as we say hi to Wendy's in Kansas. Wendy, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for your patience. Oh, no problem. I just wanted to say in regards to the Breonna Taylor situation, as tragic as it really is, the one person that we don't ever blame is the boyfriend. And had he not committed a crime and had a warrant out for his arrest, no police would have been there. No shots would have been fired. 
and she would not be dead. So, yeah, you know, look, I, 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 I understand it still is a mistake that we can't have happen. And, and Wendy, what I mean by that, this is a two and a half month undercover investigation, which is what police do. It's dangerous work. Apparently, a lot of surveillance had taken place. And and we explained in great detail the USA Today article as to the former boyfriend, what his role was, him using Breonna Taylor's address. There should be, yes, more anger directed towards that individual um, when it wasn't his address. You know, uh, the boyfriend, I, I kind of understand from his perspective, he didn't know what was happening. And somebody breaks into the house. It was a, a no knock entry, uh, legal entry by the police. Uh, he the first fires at the police. Police then, as the attorney general of, of Kentucky said, have then the right to defend themselves. And it just this poor, innocent woman who seems to, you know, have have devoted her life to service of others and healing of others um, is is killed in all of this. It is heart wrenching to hear it. And, you know, I'm I'm totally with you on all of that. But if he would not have committed a crime, none of that would ever it would just not be nothing would be if he would not have committed a crime in the first place. So, I I mean, mean, I and I, I just don't want to get into the idea. It is just very, very precise, dangerous work, all of it, and is not going to be perfection ever. Um, but we've got to do better. We can do better. We, we need, always need yeah. to pursue. I always say the more perfect, a more perfect union, more perfect police, more perfect justice, more perfect economy, more perfect, you know, uh, uniting of people. It's it's got to be a goal. But uh, I wish I had more time. I, I just don't. 800-941-SHAWN. By the way, if you missed our five o'clock hour and you want to go to Hannity dot com, we have. Uh, Louis Gomert and uh, Ram Paul and our web series with doctors, just information you can take, you know, any way you want to take it. Um, and you decide for yourself. We're believers that you get to decide. You get to choose these things. That's all the time we have left for today. We're locked up and loaded tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Please set your DVR. All right, Lindsey Graham reveals that, in fact, the subsource of Steele interviewed in January 2017, known Russian agent for over a decade, uh, Sydney Powell reveals struck page text messages for her client. Uh, that would be General Flynn and other notes that have now become available. Peter Schweitzer on the corrupt hunter, along with Greg Jarrett, John Solomon. The latest on Louisville, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. See you tonight and back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Mm-hmm.